The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the new stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer Podcast from Talk Radio. Welcome back to the show. Today we are talking about a report that Boris Johnson could be plotting with rebel Tory MPs a plan to return as our Prime Minister. Is this your dream ticket? If he teams up with Nigel Farage, as apparently is being considered, we want to hear from you today on our call-in to talk to us about that. But still with joining me now to discuss this is former Downing Street Street Director of Communications, Gitto Harry. Gitto, how great to see you again. How are you doing? And you, very well, thanks. Good to see you. So come on, mail on Sunday. I'm sure Mr. Sunak spat his cornflakes out <laughs> on the floor of Checkers or the Downing Street flat when he saw this rumoured uh, plot by backbench Tory MPs for the return in a dream ticket of Boris Johnson and Nigel Farage. Now, you are very, very close to Boris. You worked for him back when he was mayor of London. And in fact, you were head of communications during the fall of Rome, may I say, when, when Downing Street... Uh, was slightly falling apart. How likely do you think this is? Um, I haven't discussed it with him, just to put cards on table on that one. And I'm not sure it's a dream ticket because he doesn't really need Nigel Farage. In fact, he needs uh, the opposite. But it's an intriguing prospect. And as I understand it, it's not being shot down by people who are officially speaking for him. So uh, it's at least uh, left to hang. And I think what it does, Jake, is just remind people that... You know, the party basically turned on Boris Johnson. He wasn't taken down by the electorate. He wasn't taken down by the opposition. He was taken down by his own MPs. And they thought it was all chaotic. Well, what has happened since? What has happened to big decisions? What happened in that brief tenure with with Liz Truss on the economy? And then what's happened more recently? The cancelling of HS2, the abandoning of net zero commitments, uh, the Rwanda policy going to pieces... It's not as if it's actually got any better. And party unity, if anything, is worse. So I, I totally understand that there are people uh, on the backbenches who are now wondering what on earth were they thinking when they toppled the man who got 14 million people, most of them who had never dreamt of voting Conservative before, uh, in places like the north of England and the north of my native Wales, to sort of topple this man who had that magic touch. Now, the, 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 the sort of electoral stardust, Boris, and I don't, I don't think his pot has yet run dry, but there's a lot of ground for him to make up. And, of course, last week we heard from him at the COVID inquiry, reading the national newspapers, talking to people on the street in my local pub in Rosendale and Darwin. I thought there was a bit of a feeling out there from people who were at least still receptive to him. A lot of people have turned against him and will never change their mind that he did really, really well and sort of one I think people very glad that he started with an apology but also proved that he was over the detail was completely um, in touch with all that was going on in Downer Street despite this sort of reputation that people try and peddle him about him about not being a details man do you think that's helping him rebuild his reputation yeah I think we somehow he slipped into a position where he was like a Christmas pantomime villain and people would then just just shout you know liar liar pants on fire um they assumed that he was an idiot they assumed he didn't do detail they assumed he wasn't across uh, anything a serious journalist was asked me was he literally on the piss all the time when you were a number 10 
I mean, anyone who spent time with him, like uh, Yomi, knows that he's a bit of a loner. He's not particularly a party animal. He absolutely does detail and he works, you know, extremely, really hard. And I think what last week did show, maybe belatedly, was that here was a man who wasn't indecisive because he wasn't capable of understanding the science and all that. He was pondering massive decisions. The decision to lock down was a 400 million pound decision. Anyone who takes a decision like that without testing the arguments that were made in from different directions and conflicting priorities, without testing those arguments really aggressively, is not fit to be in that job. Boris did wrestle over this. He did go around in circles a little bit because you had to, the stakes were so high. And I think anyone watching with an open mind last week would have would have seen that. And if you are objective, you think, actually, he really cared. He was trying to do his best. It was an unprecedented and horrific situation. Nobody had the right answers. And actually, he got a lot of the big calls right. And if he if he did make that comeback, do you think he, he would have the right answers? Have you spoken about what his new recipe for success is? Would it be a return to levelling up? Or would it be a different vision for Britain that we'd hear from him if he returns to Parliament? Well, funny enough, the, the new recipe would be the old recipe, as in the recipe that was offered to the British public in the last general election when they voted in unprecedented numbers in recent years for a very personal branch or brand of the Conservative Party led by Boris. So, yes, it's levelling up. It's not neglecting the north of England. It's building infrastructure. It's actually putting more police on the streets. It's actually putting more, you know, doctors and nurses in hospitals so that, you know, so that uh, we can cut down waiting lists. We had a global pandemic that got in the way of that. But that's what people voted for. That's what he would like to get back to. And so he's massively frustrated to see HS2 being truncated. He's hugely uh, frustrated to see net zero commitments that were well underway and have given a clean sort of signal to business to go forth and invest in the new technologies and to get Britain at the uh, at the forefront, not following behind others on this. So that's what it would be. But I think it's a very long shot for him to come back, even though if you think of it constitutionally, Jake, it would be going back to the person that people voted for. And normally when people vote, they vote and, and, and offer a four to five year mandate for a person at the head of a party to try out the pitch that he or she made to the public without being toppled by a stab in the back. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. But Ghetto, with all opinion polls showing uh, in recent times that the Conservative Party is about, on average, 20 points behind, pointing to significant Labour victory, and in fact, with... Polls showing this weekend that the number of Conservative MPs could be reduced to about 150. This might just be a sort of a last Hail Mary from some of those Conservative MPs who are <laughs> going to lose their, their seats. But if they succeeded in that last Hail Mary and by some, I don't know, electoral contortion and shenanigans, Boris came back to Parliament and then became leader of the Conservative Party and Prime Minister, is he a man who could still unite the Conservative Party, which seems more divided now, even than when he was Prime Minister last time? 
It's a really good, that's almost like a 400 billion pound question uh, in itself, I think. And I fear that the appetite for self-harm is now so strong in the Conservative Party that they can't unite behind anyone. And it's not impossible. People used to say, how could Boris be D-Day's not even in Parliament? Well, that was easily resolved last time around. He ended his stint as Mayor of London and came back in. It's obviously a, a hugely long shot. And and actually more relevant, I think, I, I think it would be extremely difficult and probably not very attractive to him. I think he really is sort of, he's moved on at least for the time being and he's got other things to do. So for me, the only game in town at the moment is Rishi Sunak to get his act together, to play to his strengths, to offer what he has to his party and to the country, somebody who's hardworking, clean living, understands global finance and economics better than most, and just get on with sorting out the economy, getting us beyond COVID, take advantage of the opportunities of, of new industries and all that, knuckle down. But when he does this macho man stuff, I'm not going to see the Greek prime minister, or I'm going to challenge you all on small boats. It's just not credible. He's not that kind of alpha male and it just makes him look ridiculous so he needs to up this game and the party need to get behind him and in that situation a we can look forward to a year that's not wasted of trying to sort of sort out the problems of modern britain and b the conservative party will have a fighting chance at the next election maybe even of scraping a victory but certainly not going down uh, in a ball of flames at the moment we're heading for ball of flames ghetto thank you so much for joining us like all political rumours, Sam, we, we've learned that there may be a slight grain of truth there. Gitter Harry, very, very close to former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, was his head of communications, um, pouring cold water by the bucketful on the idea that Boris would even countenance any form of alliance with Nigel Farage, but saying people speaking officially for Boris haven't, haven't just doused the flame on the other idea that he might be seeking to come back to Parliament. Well, look, when Boris was a child, his family say that he had a big political ambition, but it wasn't to be prime minister, it was to be world king. And I think actually the idea that Boris has just completely given up for placing himself at the centre is, is for the birds. But I would say these uh, briefings, this story in the Mail on Sunday does feel to me a little bit like Glenno in the journalist wrote it, good friend of mine, good man. But the slightly uh, energetic, creative writing of a Sunday Sunday uh, journalist at, at his peak, uh, I think this is perhaps a, a dream that lies quite far behind in the thoughts of only Boris's biggest fans. Well, Alicia, um, but but you know there hasn't been quash. It would have been the easiest thing in the world for former Prime Minister Boris Johnson to come out and say, like, it's all just complete nonsense. I won't be going back to Parliament ever, ever again or anytime soon. It's not. But it, there may be an element of it's kind of now or never for Boris, because if Keir Starmer does win the next election, it'll be at least five years until uh, the, there's, you know, there's another opportunity for the Conservatives to win again. Boris, but he might be getting a bit longer in the tooth by then, Boris. I don't know. He's not that old. He's got a bit of time, I reckon. I, I personally, I can see it more being a bit of a long game for him. I think he knows that going back now would be a bit risky. He hasn't gained the trust of all of the electorate yet. There's still so many people who don't like him. Sure, not denying the fact that lots of people do, but there is still a big chunk of the electorate who don't. I think that in his mind, the wise decision would be to wait this out and wait until an opportunity springs up later down the line. But will the opportunity ever come about? It's hard to see someone who becomes the leader of the opposition of the Conservative Party, fights away for five years to make up some ground if you then have a Labour government, 
probably quite an unpopular Labour government, I think, because the fundamental problems of our economy and our country and our challenges we face won't go away because you get a Labour leader. In fact, I think they'll be worse. It's hard to see a leader of the opposition, whoever he or she may be, fighting for four and a half years and then saying, well, you know, come here, I've done all the hard work. You come back in. Come on, Boris. It's time for you to take all the glory. Can you see that happening, Sam? Well, the one thing I'd say about Boris is more than anything else, he has been a lucky politician. And he is more than happy to wait around the back of the scrum for the ball to come loose. He said that before. It did before. I can see it again. And you never know with the Conservative Party. I dare say, Jake, it's, it's reasonable to say some of the colleagues that might be returned to the House afterwards will be just as capable of squabbling with each other in opposition as they have been in government. And who knows? Maybe the next Conservative leader will find it just as hard as Rishi Sunak has to bridge that divide. OK, well, we'll find out. The Julia Hartley Brewer podcast. Ruthless but fair. Julia Hartley Brewer. Comprehensive coverage of all the news stories that matter to you. Harder, older, Hartley Brewer. The Julia Hartley Brewer podcast from Talk Radio.